Hey, this is Aiko Tanaka dropping in for Labor of Love podcast. Today I'm hosting Kami Hideaway in Santa Barbara and bringing up Jason Love. It's gonna be fun. Bye. Aiko Tanaka, whose name I'm hacking because I've got a lazy ear and a lazy eye. I do have a lazy eye. It's just a little bit, but if you're looking at my picture and you're insecure, yeah, you can see it. Aiko, that's how you say it. She learned the whole language. I can't get one damn word of Japanese. <laughs> she just got off the stage at uh, Comedy Hideaway and killed it. She's got that Japanese act down. In fact, I don't think it's an act. I think she's actually Japanese. I love the Asian people. The Asian people. <laughs> how, how racist sounding is that? Except that I'm saying how I love them because they just seem better. They're like uh, Japanese people. Their bodies are more symmetrical. They're smarter. They're disciplined. They seem to be cleaner. I don't know. It's a stereotype. But uh, if I come back to this planet via reincarnation, sign me up. I'll be Japanese. The only bummer is that you know what color your hair is going to be. Always black. Unless you're a rebel and you dye it yellow. You rap. Earlier today, I was speaking with a friend who was booking something with me. Bless his heart. And I couldn't resist the urge to drop a name. Well, drop a gig that I was doing. I know. Disgusting. Yuck. Spit it out. I don't know how many times I have to do that before I stop. But I hate myself. Immediately afterward, I bit my tongue. I imagined it snapping in half and spitting out the other half so I can't speak anymore. Why do I have to impress people? It's all between me and my higher power, man. Ugh. There was one comic who came up to me and he wanted to be on uh, this show of mine and uh, he was so gross about it he's like yeah you know when uh, Terry Fader uh, first met me and you know what Terry Fader said about me Terry Fader said this and I'm like that is why I bit my tongue off <laughs> he's like you know I really shouldn't brag you know Louis CK told me that when I was working out at the cellar uh, exactly comics do it a lot to raise their stake in the community and they want to let you know their credits and their resume. I ha refuse to do it anymore and I really hope that was the last time today. I really, really hope. But I don't care if they say insulting things like, well, you've only done this, this, and that. And I, the knee-jerk reaction, the ego reaction is to go, you don't know me like that. And most of the time they don't and they're being uh, ignorant. And arrogant but you let it go I don't care if they know my my credits or not I'm just going to be still waters run deep from here on out ha huh, phooey <laughs> this uh, this thing about people approaching uh, me to do these local shows it's great what warms the cockles of my heart is that these two um, shows that I do near my home are you know they're they're taking root. I feel like I've got family in the people who show up every month and friends. 
I have to do completely new material every single month. That part's tough. <laughs> I'm like writing stuff on the way to the theater sometimes. But it's also puts hair on your chest and it's making me turn material over way quicker than I would. So it, it's a win-win. But the whole point of these shows was to have more of a, a feeling of being at home and uh, working two blocks from my house. And these shows are selling out. And uh, mad props to the theater for hanging in there with me because uh, there were some lean months performing for nine people and now they're reaping the rewards. It's satisfying on lots of different levels. But when uh, I'm approached by somebody like this guy from New York, this cocksure guy, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, it's like uh, unless you're as good as the two headliners that I've paid all this money to, like I give as much as I can to the best comedians in the business. So unless you're as good as them or you're bringing in paid people, I'm just taking time away from them. It's a, t it's a quandary for me. I don't know what to do. I want to be supportive. I don't want to be the douchebag booker guy, but you can see where I stand. I do make exceptions, uh, but I'm always taking away from the show a little bit, from, the, from my new family and friends who come out every month. Tonight, by way of example, I did a show in San Francisco, and I had the opportunity to bring the other comics. I've done this six years in a row. This is the sixth year. And I love it when we've got budget to work with, and I could really call on the people that make me laugh the hardest. So tonight, it was uh, both Andrew Norelli and Kira Saltanovich, two of the funniest comics in the business, in the land. And the people in the room, two standing ovations, by the way, <laughs> like after, uh, uh, before the intermission and at the end. So, you know, you can't do better than that. But if we were to put up, up maybe a couple of locals or a guest spot or the whoever, the radio person, it only tempers the, that overall effect of that one-two punch. That's what I'm always trying to give them, people who've been working the craft for 15, 20 years, like Kira and Andrew, and, uh, and really have it down, and are super talented to begin with. Quandary. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? What are you going to do? All right. Today's story takes place in a radio booth. Speaking of radio personalities, I was uh, doing morning radio because that's why I went into comedy, so I could wake up at 5 a.m., like a stockbroker. Yeah, that's the, that's an irony, isn't it? Like the whole reason I got into comedy is that uh, I don't care for the morning. I don't need to see the sunrise. I, I, I like to make up naturally because it doesn't ruin just the first part of my day. It's not like there's this adjustment period. I'm not right all day long. Like I'm, I'm, I took a pill that made everything cockeyed for me and it doesn't go it's not better until I sleep fully and completely and to my fill whatever that is but uh, my, my life my reality is different and yet I'm waking up for radio or airplanes or morning you know corporate stuff whatever am I complaining <laughs> it's so funny the whole reason that I'm driving back from San Francisco right now is through the night is because I took another gig tomorrow morning in LA because I can't 
I can't say no. Why? Patty says I should have the discipline. And she's right. She's always right. But I've spent so many years hoping and praying that somebody would pay me to do this. And now that they are, I, I got to take it, right? I, I, I want to. But uh, this, this tonight, I'm driving. I'm going to get home at about 5 in the morning and then sleep until 11 and then got to be off to Malibu. And I'll make it. <laughs> I told Patty that if I um, get tired enough, I will pull over and get a hotel. But here's the thing. If I get a hotel, there's that expense, hashtag $100, and also another day on the car, hashtag $40. So that's a $140 decision. It's going to be a battle between my desire to sleep and my cheapness. And I've got my money on my cheapness. <laughs> Especially if God, if I have my money on it. It's even more incentive. So I um yeah, I'm in the I'm in this radio booth in the morning, five a six AM and it's the biggest show in the area. I think it's Gold Coast Broadcasting. And I'm in there with a celebrity act whose name I'm not going to mention because I learned tonight and I don't want to have to bite off my tongue again. But in this case, I'm just the sidekick guy, and uh, he's doing all the heavy lifting. But the night before, I had eaten a sleeve of seaweed. <laughs> does that sound funny to you? Yeah. I don't even know what it does. It's supposed to be healthy. They sell it at Trader Joe's. It must be for me, right? It has the texture of papyrus. It's like eating paper. And you could eat about a thousand of them and not feel full. So I did. I ate the whole sleeve, and it didn't even ding my hunger. But uh, that's what you do as a granola head. What I didn't know is that seaweed gives you gas like you would not believe. And not just normal gas. Heavy, toxic mist that will stay where it's at in a heavy wind like nuclear gas when I woke up that morning I was still uh, still under the influence if you will and it was, it was like diarrhea but with air it was gasseria so I'm walking into this tiny little booth where there are three people five feet apart and I go into the corner which is two feet away and I crouch like a catcher so as to uh Help my sphincter in its noble cause against the inevitable. And they're doing their shtick, and there are lots of laughs in the room, and then the traffic, and then this is what Justin Bieber said, and here's a song about blowjobs. Let me blow your whistle, baby, etc. And in the midst of it all, and they give me they just gave me the one-minute finger, by the way, so I know I'm on in one minute. I've got my headphones on, which stretch across the, the room. And sure enough, I have to fart. It was not an, not an option. It was not like suck it up and be a man. It was coming. So all I could do was damage control, just let out the minimum amount without hemorrhaging. And sure enough, just filled, filled the room like ugh, <laughs> earth after nuclear winter. It was disgusting, like a sulfur, sulfuric bomb sulfuric mushroom cloud and the 
the celebrity act looks over his shoulder and goes, you did it. <laughs> and I just raised my hands like Urkel, you know, <laughs> and the radio personality, she, they're both laughing and, and vo- like making vomit sounds while she goes to air. They're making vomit sounds and they explain at length what it smells like. They describe what I'm wearing and tell the people that uh, I'm a vegan. I'm not actually a vegan, more of a vegetarian. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Fact is that uh, now all of these listeners, who knows how many, probably as many as listen to this podcast, millions, uh, are are laughing at my expense because I just put the stank bomb on, and you just feel so gross. I felt like I was wearing a wife beater and had greasy stains and. Just disgusting. I felt disgusting. Trailer trash, if ever there were. And that's how I'll be remembered at this radio station. And whether I'll be invited back, time will tell. But that's what they get for waking me up at 6 in the morning. That's, that's my body's reaction. Yeah, like a, like a squid expelling ink. That's what I did. Expelled the... the reality of waking up to that bright sun and people already angry at six in the morning and that's my story i'm sticking to it thanks for tuning in i'll smell you later or you'll smell me later (laughs) or the other